Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgren, Bill Belichick with all students. of Bill Walsh, don't ever forget. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the 49er Faithful UK Show. Tonight I'm joined by Naji Kuro. Good evening. Gareth Ellis. Hello. And first-time guest, Neil Jepsum. Good evening, how are we doing? How are we doing, Neil? Right, so the format normally is we just get straight into talking about the game, but as you're a newcomer on the show, Neil, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, why you became a Niners fan, how long you followed them, have you been across there, that type of thing. Mm, well, it's a long and bumpy road. The first real sort of time I was introduced to American football was the Dolphins 49ers uh, Super Bowl. And from that moment on, I've been hooked. And there was only one team for me, and it was in red. I Currently, we're living in Kent. I think there's a few of them on the group. but uh, and We've been here for six years. We really lived in the South the majority of the time. We've been to, or we went to a majority of the international series games, which we've meet, met met up with quite a few of you before. We've been across to San Francisco twice, both times that we managed to miss our game being on a, on an away week, which is just tremendous. Um, yeah. You know, you can't blame the wife for, for picking the times, but uh, her work, I have a lot to say about it. <laughs> but we will be as soon as lockdown allows us to get out there again. We were planning to go last year and uh, take in the New York game, but when we had that faithful week two injury glut, but obviously we couldn't get out there. And judging by the way the states are at the moment and getting in and you needing to be a resident, we're not looking likely to get back in there anytime soon. So that's really where we're at with it at the moment, I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah, I can echo that because I've been looking at going out this year and uh, at the moment uh, people from the UK are banned from going over there. Ironic, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so, I mean, it's one of those things. Yeah. Okay, so tonight we're going to talk about um, the matchup against the Eagles, but before we do that, we're going to jump straight into the news that we've all just um, seen on Twitter and that is the news that Drake Greenlaw is out for four to six weeks. So the injury list from last week's Lions game has suddenly become a little bit longer and a little bit deeper. What do yeah. you think of that? Oh, uh, well, that's a crushing blow, um, especially after the way he played. I thought he was pretty good. Obviously, he got, got himself a pick six, didn't he? Um, but Hutt is growing. Looks like he needs some kind of procedure, maybe a keyhole surgery or something. Uh, it's going to slide line him for four to six weeks. Um that's a big blow because uh, I, th- I think that was one of our concerns coming into the year is our depth for linebacker. And, and thankfully, Al Shea played really, really well last week. But can, can he play really well again? Um, that's that, that remains to be seen. Uh, Miles Maharis hasn't been pla- practicing too much either. So it looks like it's just it's going to be on all on Fred. Um, Gareth, do you think that's massive blow especially after losing JV yeah it's got to be you're losing another starter um, and yeah he may not have been uh, you know the top defensive player but he's incredibly important and he was a starter and it's the second one we've lost 
So that's, you know, we're 20% down on starters uh, on the defensive side of the ball already, as well as losing um, our number one running back. So we've already lost three starters after after one week. Um, yep. Yeah, it's not it's not a great start, let's face it. Um, let's hope we've got the depth who can do it. And four to six weeks isn't bad. Um, and one worse, of those yeah. is a bye week. So... You know, it could it could be a lot worse, provided uh, he can he can stick to that. Um, that's probably a nice uh, point to hand over to Neil for this is what it's like on the podcast, mate, discussing injury. <laughs> so, yeah. so I go last and go. Oh yeah, I agree with everything the boys have said. It's, Absolutely, it's one of them things. It's just I think people forget it's a contact sport. You're going to pick up injuries, um, and just we've been incredibly unlucky um, the last two years year and a half, whatever you want to call it, of just managing to just not keep our players healthy. I don't think it's a staff issue. I just think it's just one of them things. I mean, you can go through a whole career and not pick up a serious injury. And yet, you know, you, you've got most of who can't stay fit, who's, as we say, seems to be made of glass, which is very, very annoying. But with regards to the linebacking situation, um, yeah, it's a bit of a kick in the teeth. Absolutely. So this might be controversial, but do you not think, um, uh, and it's going to seem strange that I say this as well, given that uh, we've had these injuries away from home, but do you not think the injuries that we have has got something to do with the move down to Levi Stadium in Santa Clara? And the reason I say this is because when we're at Candlestick Park, uh, and those those people who've been to Candlestick Park know that even in the summer months, <laughs> Candlestick Park was quite cold. Um, So it was okay to play football. It was perfect to play football. It was on um, grass. So that made it uh, a lot better as well. You don't tend to get the same type of injuries as what you do on AstroTurf. And the move down to Santa Clara, because it's so hot now in September, I don't know if you've noticed, I think last year we might maybe had our opener at home, but we tend to play a lot more road games at the start of September. And that's to stay away from Santa Clara because it's so hot. hot. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. I just, I don't know. Um, I think it's more the the type of player that have been drafting before this year, basically. I think there was kind of a disregard for, the, you know, their health history. Um, and I don't know if, if Dre has, has had, you know, injuries in the past, but, you know, we drafted Bosa, we had the knee surgery. And we did, you know, Kinlo had knee problems and he's, he's dealing with it now. Um, you know, I think, I think John and Kyle, it wasn't a concern back then. I think it, it's, you know, it's biting us back right now. Nadji, being that you, being that you play, um, do you mainly play play on grass? No, we actually we actually practice on five G, three G, or four G, whatever you, and, and we play on grass, and it, it is a massive difference. And I yeah. have to say that my knees were very, very sore after the yeah. first game on grass, for sure. It's, but, it's probably you could akin it to, as you were saying, Lee, about the hard surface in the middle of the summer. It's like playing on grass or on grass in the middle of the summer yeah. when there's no giving the ground at all. I think a lot of footballers have found, depending on what cleats or studs they're wearing as well with the new surfaces if there's no give so if your foot's in the ground and you go to turn if you get it wrong there's just no give in the turf so it doesn't allow your foot to get out and release the pressure off your joints and you know a couple of times I've seen it in in english football as well where people 
new surfaces now are hard underneath believe it or not they they're not as soft as they look and I think whereas before we used to play on a mud bath I mean remember the stick being an absolute mud bowl in the past yeah and if someone attacks you sort of from the sort of waist down and they're they're going in at your knees at least your feet come out the turf and you can almost sort of fall on your side as it were rather than actually your feet staying in the turf and then you just destroying your joints yeah, I think there's a bit of that for sure, but I also think the game is a lot faster than it was ten years mm. ago. Oh, 100. Um, and the, you know, people are stronger, faster, and mm. when you do that, the body maybe aren't necessarily as strong as they should be. Um, so, and I think ultimately it's down to luck. Um, we're just very unlucky, um, and it's it, eventually it's going to pass. At least, you know, we're not the Ravens. We haven't lost, you know, four four players, major players for the for the entire of the season. That's what we happened to us last year. I oh, think we'll wood. I think we'll pass that. Yeah, yeah, touch wood. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Everybody crossed everything they have. <laughs> um but yeah, I think it's only four to six weeks for Dre. Um so it will be back and maybe you know it it won't be too bad of an absence, you know, we we can still win games without him. Um um, and and our game is um, you know against the Eagle on Sunday. Yeah. So what I think the Greenlaw injury does do is actually make it um, make the impact of losing Hilliard to the waiver wire yeah. even bigger. Yeah, yeah, that was a crushing blow. But also, it, it, clearly, we don't actually know what's going on. <laughs> you know, Sermon was number four in Death Child, and we we yeah. had him at number two. So. So who's to know if Hilliard actually is, is actually terrible um, and, and only played well during the game because maybe we were akin to him? I don't know. Um, yeah, but I suppose glance like this, it does it does hurt even more now for sure. But I'm sure we'll pick up somebody um, to um, take some snaps. And I'm actually looking forward. Maybe we can see Ufanga um, coming down into the box. Um, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe we'll have to switch things and. Uh, it might be good against people because they can't really prepare for it anymore because they have no idea what's going to happen. Right, so that takes us into the, the game preview. So we're coming up against the Philadelphia Eagles and they've got some decent players on their team. Um, I, th- I think the the question probably is all 49ers are going to be asking themselves is how are we going to stop Jalen Hurts? He's a mobile quarterback, and for the last two, three seasons, we have just not coped well at all against mobile quarterbacks. So I'm, I'm going to assume that this week, the scout team is going to be headed up by Trey Lance. They'll have had a look at the Eagles game last week, had a look at the run players that um, Jalen Hurts w- was doing, and asked Lance to recreate them against the number ones on defence, just so we can get used to stopping a mobile quarterback. How do you think we need to, or what do you think we need to do to stop Jalen Hurts? Well, it's the same thing we need to do to stop Kyle Murray and, and Russell Wilson, which is, you know, eliminate the big plays and contain them in a, in a pocket, which is obviously a lot easier said than done. Um, but, you know, um, our D-line is back in force. I see Kinlow has been, has been practicing, so hopefully if he can suit up and, and give us a full game without hurting himself even more. Um and he might even be on a pitch count, considering the injury to Dre. But 
I think it's 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 going to start with those four guys up front. If if they can keep the pocket, you know, um, clean and keep him inside of of that side pocket, we'll be all right. But they do run a lot of RPOs and and like fake to the running back and stuff, and they, they've got a very good run game. So it, it's definitely going to be a challenge. And I I hope I hope Fred um, has heard me and has a better game uh, to the eye test anyway. Uh, this week and show show his speed side to side because because we're gonna need him for sure. Um, Neil, do you think uh, do you think we're up to the challenge? We can stop Hertz and Sanders and <sighs> and the running one. game. It's a really strange one because you really need the cover on the back end to allow the the boys up front to get there. Um, yeah, uh, it's a bit of a with the injuries we picked up. It's now suddenly got a whole lot harder than. Initially, it looked um, the the result for them again. Defenses tend to take sort of two or three weeks to settle down, study game film, you know, and see what other teams are doing. Doing so, it's I don't know. I think you'll find the fact that we end up facing Wilson and Kyler Murray, you know, four times a year should, in theory, we should have enough tape and stuff to work on but as you say if if we don't get the pressure and you give them too much time we're going to be i think we could be in for a long day Gareth? Mm, yeah it's it's difficult to i think it's difficult to evaluate certainly for for me i only watched the highlights of the uh the the lions game quite where where our defense was we we knew that they were going to be a little bit perhaps more aggressive under Ryan's and that, and that we might give up a few few big plays um, uh, and play a higher risk, higher reward um, type of defense. That's the sort of thing that a running quarterback is is potentially going to pick apart, particularly if there's a weakness. I think Warner is now the sort of player that offensive coordinators scheme for. Who are they going to have? Whose whose sole job on the play is to take Fred away. Uh, and that's something he's going to have to adapt to his game because he is now going to be, uh, you know, targeted to get him out of the way uh, because he's he's that good now. So people are going to build uh, uh, jobs for uh, the offensive players to just keep Fred from being a factor. We've we've got to adapt to this stuff. It's so difficult to take anything. Week one means nothing whether you win or you win or lose. Uh, all it can really do is is show you what you really need to work on. And I think there's quite a bit from the defensive side that that we need to work on. I mean, injuries aside, the whole thing got got a little bit thrown out of um, out of out of scheme towards the end of the game. But the the Eagles are going to be a test. They they made short work of of Atlanta, but what I can see from the highlights is Atlanta never really got going offensively. And if you if you can't keep your offense on the field, your your defense is just going to get worn down. Um, and in some respects, maybe it's the defensive report performance from the Eagles. Perhaps I'm not giving them uh, uh, the credit, but uh, perhaps a better team would have put even more points uh, on the Falcons. So it's a game I think we can win. I know it's a bit bold. It's, it's, it was just difficult to pick apart. And I think that's always what you get with the week one game. So I mean, we had some really weird um, uh, results that came out, which probably aren't going to mean anything come week 17. But I think it's a it's a tricky one. I think we can do it. But I think the Detroit game was a nice little wake up call for us. That was mentioned by by you lads on the last pod. 
um, and hopefully it's given given D'Amico Ryan's uh, um, a lot of pointers and a lot of uh, good experience um, on how we need to to tighten up uh, because it could. I think the Eagles have the capacity from from seeing what they did. They they could pull off a few big plays, uh, and I, I suspect we're going to have to shoot them out. What do you think, Lee? So I I think so. I watched the uh, the highlights of the the Eagles Falcons game, and to be honest, the the um, the front seven of Philadelphia were outstanding. The, the defensive line, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Hargrave. They were absolutely outstanding, and, and they bullied the Atlanta Falcons' um, offensive line, and that's got us worried a little bit. So I know we've improved. It's going to be a big test for Mike McGlinchey. It's going to show how much he has improved, if if indeed he has. Um, so it's going, it's going to be interesting to see that. I think it's going to be a tight battle at the line of scrimmage, and whoever wins that battle is going to win the game. I think based off the Lions game. Jimmy seemed to have a lot of time in the pocket to um, to throw the ball. And even when he didn't, he still stood there and threw the ball, knowing fine well he was going to get hit. So he made the players. So I'm not too worried about that. I think we'll be able to put points on the board. It's whether or not we can stop the Eagles putting points on the board. Um, what worries us about the Eagles is the speed. Yeah. The, the players they've got on offense are really, really quick players. They've got Devonta yeah. Smith, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Rager, Miles Sanders, all, all those four players are really, really quick players. And you can't count out their O-line either because their O-line's a decent O-line. Yeah, no, they, they're kind of stacked. They they kind of brought back everybody that they had against us last week, last year, uh, week four, except obviously Carson Wentz has been, has been replaced by Jalen Hurts, but it's the same team. And I, that actually, oh, and Devonta Smith, obviously, which is a, a big well, addition to, for to them. to be fair, the Eagles haven't brought back the number one player against us last year. In fact, they released them during the off-season. That was Nick we, Mullins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that's what I was, going, I was getting at. I think that game, uh, if if I can remember correctly, we were one Nick Mullins away from, from winning it. Yeah. So so that fills me with confidence in, because they haven't changed uh, that much and they, they actually have a, a brand new head coach. So... so you know, growing pens are a thing for head coach too. And if there's one thing we have is, is a very good head coach that's very good at scheming and picking apart, you know, their scheme and, and making sure that they don't run on exactly what they want. But I kind of agree with you. I'm, I'm kind of, especially after losing JV, and if Mosley can't play, um, then it's, you know, it, it's the people who we just picked up off the street to, to play corners and, and Lenore, basically. Against Devonta Smith and Jalen Rager, and you know they still have Zach Hurts, uh, even though he's you know second on the death chart apparently. Um, and Dallas Goddard is a very good, very good tight end. They they have weapons, and as Gareth said, I think they can score big, big plays. They also can run the ball very effectively. So we're gonna have to be. This is actually a first real test, I think. Um, it's, we're gonna have to play well in all phases of the game. We're gonna have to be good on defense. And not allow them too much to do whatever they want, and and we're gonna have to be sound on offense, which I'm very confident. I don't know about you, Neil, but I reckon we can score a lot of points. George Kittle had a day last year against them. Just can't echo anything more than that. And you, you tend to find that um, we'll have a 
set way of going at the Eagles. Um, I think we'll see more more of the running game. See how it starts. Um, I think the uh, the way they ran the ball last week um, suggests that again it's going to be running it by committee. They're going to give it give it to different play- players, um, and it, then if that sets up the pass, then so be it. But it, again, it, as Lee said, it's up front. If we can get the holes and hit the holes hard, I think I think we'll be all right. I think it's going to be very close, very very close. I don't think it's, uh, you know, I think they're probably only going to be one score in it. And it's as you say, if Verrett's a massive loss, and with the chunk plays that they can get, the trouble is if they drop too deep. You know, if they're going to drop in zones, they'll pick pick us apart. They'll find holes that they can just settle into, and and they'll they'll take take Watson off of sort of 10, 15 yard plays, and that's you, you just can't do that because you'll end up chasing the game, and then then you'll only play one way, which is still not the Shanahan way. But I just think we will try and run them to death. I mean, just a lot of credit for 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 Jalen Hurts, though. He, he only started five games, so I I do think that Nick Bosa and Bookham and Ford can rattle him, and we could get him off the off the spot and put him in a, in a position he's never really been. Um, I'll have to check how he played against Washington last year, if he if he has. But I have a feeling wasn't that their last game when they benched him and he was terrible. I think it might have been. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, and he was he was very very bad, and all Washington did was just bring Chase Young, you know, and and Montez Sweat. So, do Quite you not think, Gareth, that there's there's something there we could you know have unleash Nick Bosa and uh, and make his life a misery, and and the game could be actually fairly easy. Absolutely, um, I don't think the Falcons' defense has been particularly good. No, they're, they're a terrible. Of, <laughs> um, uh, there seem to be a load of wide open spaces um, that that Jalen Hurts could could just lob passes into. Um, because I, I, I wondered a couple of times whether the the Falcons were playing with any secondary at all, but they, they certainly didn't seem to be the um, as good as hopefully ours still can be. Uh, and we're always organised. Fair enough, the Engli- the individual players have got to have got to come through. Uh, and obviously losing losing Verwet is is going to be an issue. We got to see how we adapt, but but obviously we've still got the experience there with uh, with Ward and Tart to try and um, you know cover anything that that the rookie cornerbacks or um, or new players are going to going to have to come up against. I I think we are we're going to give uh, Jalen Hurts a lot more to think about than the Falcons did for sure. And yeah, and and we've got to. Uh, he showed what he could do if you give him time and space, and his receivers got uh, can get open. So we've we've got to um, we've got to do a lot better than the Falcons did. Um, and let's see how he handles with uh, some pressure. Um, and I think we can do it. Obviously, Bose was looking good. Ford was was looking good. Um, Kinlaw's back. If that defensive line can can start uh, just applying that pressure constantly, um, let's see how he how he handles that for four quarters. What do you think, Lee? Oh, I'm glad you mentioned Kinlaw there because that's what I was just about to say. If Kinlaw comes back, it's going to elevate both the, the run game and the pass game uh, as far as the defence is concerned. He's going to be plugging those gaps. So 
I wouldn't expect to see any uh, any large runs through the middle like we did last week. But as well as that, because of his size and his weight and his strength, I think it's going to release uh, Borsa, Armstead, Jones, Ford, who, whoever's playing alongside him. It's going to release those and give them a lot better chance to get it hurt. And to be honest, I mean, if you have a look at um, NFL next-gen stats, all of the 49er rushes were all um, quicker than the league average again right. to the quarterback so we were getting pressure there um obviously we did get a few sacks as well but i think we were expecting a little bit more purely based off what we know the team can do yeah i have a question for neil <laughs> since he's a guest uh do you think we're going to see more of uh Brandon ayuk going back to the defense sorry the, the the swim move and ball rush that bosa did to get a um, last week to get the sack was 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 a thing of beauty. Seeing him back and and pushing off like that was was a good good sight. And it it, it bodes well, you know, as, as as Lee said, getting in that pressure off the edges is essential, absolutely essential. Um, but with regards to throw, opening them and throwing the ball downfield for us and moving in chunk plays. I don't know. I'm really not sure. You caught me on the hop there. I wasn't expecting that question. <laughs> I just, I just thought we would. As I say, I think I thought we'd just run the ball. I, I, just, I think I really do think this will be the week that we could easily have two rushes over 100 yards. So I, I agree with you there, Neil. And to yeah, be honest, no, uh, going back to Naji's question about Ayuk, oh, I wouldn't be at all surprised if we see a couple of jet sweeps with Ayuk uh, taking the ball. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I was alluding to. I was, I was getting that. I think, I think their weakness is is the the run, the run defense. Um, their secondary is actually quite stuck. Mm-hmm. I've just realized they've got Anthony Harris, which um, they they snapped from the from the Vikings. So, um, you know, Darius Slay and and Anthony Harris and and Rodney McLeod aren't bad players at all. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if. Any of those finish on the Pro Bowl or any you know type of awards at the end of the season. So yeah, I I completely agree. I think that because that's why having Ayuk in a game brings it's, it's all the jet sweep with Debo and him, or you know because then you don't know which way it's going, uh, and it opens it up for Sherfield and Kittle in the middle when you start doing that and, and the linebackers bite down. So I hope we can see him so we can put to bed the city controversy and all the things I've been reading all week. Um, saying that he's the new Dante Pettis, I, I don't believe it for a second. Um, I literally just think he was a rested because of his hamstring, and b mm-hmm. he got beat by Sheffield purely because he couldn't practice. Uh, I think he's. I think if he had been at practice, um, Ayuk would have won that job fairly easily, especially after what he showed us last year. But um, it was my mistake. Yeah, I, I thought it was Debo that. that that had the big game last week, wasn't it? And they, they yeah, just he, was, he yeah. just was kept to um, kick returns or pump returns, wasn't he? Well, he was on twenty six snaps, which I think fifteen of those were on special teams. So yeah, mm. it wasn't it wasn't a lot at all. Um, it, you know, it's I think we basically still haven't seen our offense fully operating on all cylinders. No, and uh, speaking of Kittle, did wait. you hear what what Slay said about his stiff arm? His his, <laughs> no. his rating needed to be a hundred. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah. they're obviously aware of 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 what George can do, and I, and I would not be surprised to see him be the leading, um, have the leading yards on offense. Yeah. 
because I think yeah. Jimmy loves to go to that target, doesn't he? It's just one of them things. They've got a, a great connection between the two of them. And if Debo and Ayuk can create space, and you know, they're going to have to do a lot of dummy runs, as it were. So they're going to they're they're going to take a lot of attention away. And then if it frees up more space for George, then so be it. Lord yeah. help the Eagles. Yeah. And I think we we were what forty one points. 31 points up um, deep into the game. There's there's no point bringing out your your, your flash plays and your reverses or, no. or your high-risk plays where, where you might have been, um, uh, you know, a, a factor in those. You just don't bring those out in that in that position. And I think he was, yeah, possibly favoured with the, with the hamstring um, and just kind of didn't get the targets when he was on and was, wasn't needed for any any plays that are, you know, specifically designed for him, if you if you want to look at it that way. So yeah, I don't I don't think there was anything, and we we've seen this with with Shanahan before. If if a guy's doing well in a game, and and he's the guy for that game plan, uh, you know, we saw Tevin Coleman get 150 odd yards and four touchdowns in one game, and then he vanishes for two or three games. We saw that. Um, but another running backs come in and do well. We saw Sherfield would do well. We saw Debo do well. It, it doesn't matter. Next game, oh, you could get 150 yards and Debo will get one catch. And people are, oh, no, you know, Debo's in the doghouse. It's not. It's it's just, I think he just pulls those players into, into the best positions. And, you know, a defensive coordinator doesn't know if it's going to be all Debo, all George, all Ayuk, or all one game. They've got no idea because yeah. we just chopping and changing it so yeah i don't think there's a controversy um you can't tell anything from one, one game yeah. let's see because after the bye week and, and ayak has yet to break 100 yards total then yeah there might be an issue but until then no right fantastic let's get on to predictions then um, it'll come as no surprise that we are favourites again this week, although we were only three-point favourites this week. The over-under, I think, is generously low at 50.5. Um, now, I've heard Neil think it's going to stay to a one-score game, and I tend to agree with that. So I think I'll let Neil go first with his prediction of the scoreline. I reckon it will be 27-24 with a... Last second field goal, winning it. Mm-hmm. More, more, no breathing for a while. <laughs> Great. <Standard. laughs> oh God. How about you, Naji? I actually feel really confident. I think. Um, I don't know. I hope it's I'm wrong. DNF's... Sorry, Naji. I really hope. I'm no, wrong. no, 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 no. I, I just, I just feel really confident. The three quarters we play against the Lions were so decisive, and I think if we didn't have that last two minutes. We will be a hole flying a lot higher than no pun intended flying higher uh, than we are now. And I think we saw the Eagles beating a terrible team. The Falcons are horrible, uh, and that's kind of dampening our judgment. But it, it's still the NFC East. I still think they're not a very good team. Um, I, I think they're a good team, but I don't think they're. They've just quite made the the leap, and they've got a brand new coach who's kind of weird, and people aren't quite sure about. So. I'm actually got a little bit more than a than a touchdown. Um, I think we'll score more than thirty points again, and I'll say thirty-five twenty-five. Mm. Uh, yeah, 
I think we're going to be uh, on the over. The, as as Lee said, the fifty points. Yeah, for those points teams who who scored what collectively seventy something in the in in their opening game seems a little low. Uh, I think we we're, we're going to win it, and I think thirty seven thirty three. Bit of a shootout again. Yeah, it's a good shot there. Yeah, so it's interesting that we all go on close. Um, so like I said before, I, I agree with Neil. I, I think it's going to be a one-score game. And I've actually gone for a 49ers 34-30 victory. So I, I think the Eagles will find their way into the end zone three times, but then we'll limit them to um, field goals um, to make up the rest of the points. Until I'm convinced about our defence, which looked a little bit ropey last week, um, unfortunately, my... Um, my bold prediction of North team scoring more than 21 points went out the window. Um, yeah. And I think it's going to be the same this week. I, I don't think we'll be able to hold them to 21 because I haven't seen any evidence we can do that. Oh, no, with um, GV and Andrea yeah. as well. So ho- hopefully hopefully we will get the win. And um, like I said, yeah, I think it's going to be 34-30. So it's going to be a little bit more than a field goal, um, but still doable for the Eagles to potentially give us a scare at the end. Yeah. I forgot to say I was gonna I was gonna predict a Trey rushing touchdown this week because we, be we, we haven't talked about Trey sermon. Trey Lance. Yeah, uh, no, no sermon, not sermon. Trey Lance because uh, we haven't talked about him, but I reckon there's a, there's a chance Kyle can put him in a little bit more this week. Trouble the trouble is we've we have, it's the sample size until sort of three or four games in when you know when everything's settled down you'll know where. Yeah. It's teams are it's so. very difficult to predict what's yeah. going to happen because so. the Eagles I mean the, the Falcons were so bad yeah. you know and you just don't know how good the Eagles are, the Eagles are. until yeah, you, you end up playing two or three different sides then you'll find out sort of where we sit and I think the first where's our bye week is it week six, six. seven yeah. week six, six. Uh, until we get there I think we I think we need to just scratch through I'll, I'll just take nail biters as long as we can Stay ahead, and if, even if we're sort of five and one, four, five and one, maybe you'd take that because yeah. you just don't know. You just don't know what's going to happen. Get the bye week, reassess, and I'm sure from there, there's your platform to kick on, and and you've got enough film to study to pick holes. And and you know, I think sometimes think we forget that we have got you know the best offensive coach in the league. I, I know he. In the big games, he's sort of come up short twice. But at the end of the day, anybody in in the league would want our coach. And sometimes it's it's uh, a little bit like you you want him to just sort of let sort of concentrate, not concentrate too much on the offense. But he just he's sort of he's got to remember he's a head coach. Sometimes it it gets a little bit um, he's obsessed, and then it it, it up. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm sort of doing the new regime a bit of a disservice. But sometimes he, he, you know, I just, I just think there are areas that we could improve. And I don't know whether is is so. Am I getting this right? Is he taking full control, as in he has a, a say over everything, or does he need to re- release the reins a little bit and let the defensive coach do his thing, or does he have? See, this is what I get. Sometimes I get confused about whether you hear conflicting stories as to whether he's he's got to let the reins go a little bit. Yeah, so I, I think definitely Demeco Reins does have full control of the defense. 
Um, obviously, we've brought in an offensive coordinator this season for the first time under Shanahan. Um, I would dare bet that that offensive coordinator doesn't have 100% control. Mm. Uh, Kyle <laughs> has some control over that. Maybe a lot more than um, what anybody can imagine. And you never know, I mean, the OC might be a puppet just to take the pressure away from Kyle. Yeah. Um, so that everybody's not saying that Kyle has got too it's much. It's a good point. Who was calling plays this Sunday? I didn't, I didn't even think to check, and then I can't remember. Well, I would imagine it was a joint decision between Kyle and the OC. Right. But Kyle had his big sheet of paper, didn't he, with him? Yeah. The, the laminate thing. So he's still calling the plays. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I think you're kind of right. We've we've touched on this, Neil, in the past, where Kyle is kind of a such a completionist, and a, mm. um, I, maybe maybe sometimes he needs to just be just be a head coach and not be a, yeah. the offensive guru. I mm. totally agree, and we've called for that because because uh, in the heat of the game, some fresh pair of eyes, somebody up in the booth can see something you haven't, yeah. and you're not caught in the uh, the emotion of the moment and the crowd and all that because but yeah no, i agree it is possible um i i still like it though i think you know the passion is is showing the game is, is second to none and and that's, that's super cool to see instead of i don't know we, we've all watched hard knocks and i'm very glad um, we don't have mccarthy as a head coach yeah <laughs> i think just a just a final point on that we seem to uh you know, we executed well. Jimmy had a good game. We diced the Lions up with a pretty simple game plan. We didn't really seem to have to do anything flash. We just, but everybody looked comfortable. Everybody executed pretty well. Um, and we were finding holes, both both passing game and, and run game. Uh, and, you know, we've done that with the first three pages of the, the beginner's guide to the Shanahan offense. Basically, we're going to see it get get better and better. Um, yeah. But that was all that was needed for the Lions. And I think Shanahan was like, why am I going to pull out my flash plays for this? Um, hopefully we, uh, you know, in some respects, hopefully we won't need it against the uh, the Eagles as well. And we can save it for those those games that uh, it's really going to come. the week after, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that was, that was my, you know, the offense. We haven't really talked about it, but that's just because it purred along in second gear and that was all it needed. You know, the score, if you put 41 points away from home, you're expecting to win that game. You're expecting yeah, your defense absolutely. to make it stop uh, with a 31-point cushion with two minutes left. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping that the offense can keep, can keep going that way um, and that Jimmy has another good game. Yeah, that would be ideal. <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? Yeah. Right, guys, thank you very much for joining me. The time has flown by tonight. Yeah, yeah, long one. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. This normally goes on for longer. I mean, we've just hit 40 minutes there, um, which is just about the right size, right, yeah. right length there. So thank you once again. Um, thank you to everyone that listens to the show. Remember to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Also check out our YouTube channel by searching for 49 Faithful UK. Until next time, stay safe and go Niners. Go, go Niners. Niners. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark, Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick, where all students of Bill Walsh don't ever forget.